We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The steadier, heavier precipitation we had late yesterday and last evening is off to the east. So we just have very light precip right now. But it's going to continue for most of the day. And as you know, it doesn't take much freezing drizzle to keep things iced up. So that's probably what we're going to see until at least this evening. Bob Hamilton, National Weather Service. Good morning. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe. Avandeep Pasquale is producing. Should we bring that back the thing we opened the show with? Because maybe... Creme brulee. Creme brulee. Yes, we should. Uh, people we're... are probably just waking up to... Their, what their cards look like right now. Especially physicists and glass workers, because that was the question. So, this morning, walk outside, everything's encased in ice. We, we arrived at creme brulee, because it's got a crispy top, and once you get underneath it, you can knock it off, and it comes off in big chunks. So, it is tough to break that, uh, that hard exterior, that shell, though. I broke a snow brush. Yep, Bro- me too. Broke, you, we both broke, we both snow broke snow brushes. So it didn't it wasn't that difficult for me to get it off with the snow brush, but once the snow brush broke, it was only half the windshield done uh-huh. and thought like, okay, next plan. And I did something I've done in the past, which I think is okay to do. I tweeted about it and somebody immediately said that's you're living on the edge. I poured cold water mm-hmm. on the windshield. I got the big Popcorn tub slash also uh, the bucket that we throw up in. The 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 big Tupperware tub, filled that with water, carried yep. it outside, and you know, got to make sure not to spill it because it's pretty wide, it's big. And then I poured the cold water on the other half of the windshield because I know that when it's not super cold out, cold water on your windshield will help break up ice to get mm-hmm. it off. And sure enough, I could watch it soaked right in, yep. and then I just pushed it away nice and easy. And I... You know we're in a spot where we can tell a lot of we can tell a lot of people things on the on the radio publicly and like I don't want to give anybody the wrong information but right but you tried it and it worked I, I've done it before and I'm pretty sure it is safe to do you have to worry about cracking your windshield if you use cold water it's it's good to go yeah <laughs> right physicists are there physicists listening. Right glass workers? Are there other glass workers listening? So I, I did a little research on this online when we did this earlier, and the only thing I saw, which you even referenced, was the only thing bad that can happen, at least to my, what I saw, and there might be more information out there, is that your biggest risk is the water freezes on the glass. But which, if it's warm enough... No, it's not even, if it's warm enough outside. If it's warm enough outside, it's not going to do that. Yeah, it's not negative so, 10. It's 25. This isn't throwing water in the air and it freezes instantly. <laughs> right. This is... 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 25 degrees, and I'm basically simulating rain falling onto the windshield, which would melt ice and melt snow. Right. So nobody's called to say that it's a bad idea, so let's go ahead and treat that as, hey, if you want a, a life hack, uh-huh. that works. Yeah, just don't do hot or like boiling water. No, don't do hot like water. That. Cold water. Cold, Cold water. water does the job. Yeah. I got half my windshield done. So if you need to take a little extra time, you might need... I wouldn't say that... Put it this way. It took me like five minutes after the car had been running for like five minutes on its own. Yeah, and depending on your commute, for I think for each of us, the getting the car uniced yeah. was the bigger delay as compared to the roads. Right. And right earlier, even the roads were were the main roads were fine. You know, side streets we said could be a little bit hairier, but the main roads were completely fine. And did, did you notice the walking in to to our building? This might just speak to how how much ice there was yesterday. Whole, t- so much salt. Clearly, they salted the the all the sidewalks and everything a ton. You could almost see the ice making a thin layer, like, on top of the salt. It was that thick. <laughs> so, like, it was still easily walkable. But I'm like, wow, even the salt is having a tough time, like, melting this because it's just, it, there was that much ice. I mean, we said it was raining. It was raining. I said bee stings last night. It was, it was raining ice from the sky. It was an aggressive wintry mix. Right. Very aggressive. 803-0550, if, you have a, if you're going to tell us that that's wrong... I'll listen to. I just think it's okay to do it. I think no one's no one said no it yet. One, no one's even tweeted to say it's not. Maybe right. everybody's always known this. It's a life hack. It'll help. So there, you got that. And uh, I would also say, like on the drives, it wasn't the usual slippery ice. At least for me, it was more the ice is so it's deep. When's the last time you had deep ice? Deep ice that no, nope. you can kind of be taken off of your track like you're a train on rails, and the rails go left, yeah. you're going to go with the tracks in front of you more than you might normally. because Rather than slipping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can kind of redirect you more than you can slip. All right. Have a Twitter poll up. Are you ready to declare the Sabres season a success? Where is the poll at? The poll is at majority yes. Okay. They played Tampa tonight. Majority yes. 68% yes, 31% no. And I got to... Should tweet that poll out every day after a game and see how it, <laughs> how each game actually affects the results. So I got a response from Matt Beauvais of um, the podcast with Sal, the Always Game Day podcast, Always Game oh, Day in Buffalo yep. podcast, and sports director, uh, WKBW. He said, I don't want to vote yes or no. For me, for me, it's somewhere in the middle. And my answer to that is, if you don't immediately say yes, your answer has to be no... Right. No doesn't mean you never will. Right. It just means you won't right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a success already? Plenty of people would say, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. 70%, 70%, 60%? 60%. Okay. I think I have to say, yes, it is. You yeah. can You can say yes and then immediately move to yes, but. Right? Yes, it is. They have... They have repaired their relationship with their fans. Yep. They have played a style. They've they've established really good young players. They've got the most out of their players. The co- like they've yes success. I I will declare it is a success. Assuming there isn't some twenty seven game losing streak, histo- right? <laughs> historic drop off. Like they could go down in terms of how much they're winning, and aren't they still going to be in the race? Like well, let's say. 
in, what does in the race even qualify as? Because if that is what the success is measured on, are they in a race? If the answer to that question is yes, then the answer to are, is the season successful is yes. Right now, they're four points out of a playoff spot. They have the games in hand. Let's say in the five games in hand they have, they win one. It's two points out. That's a bad stretch. That's yeah. bad hockey. They'd be two points out. Like, for them to not be in the race, they've done a good enough job here that for them to not be in the race at all, to get down to where, like, Philadelphia is at, I mean, it would take... A collapse. It would take an epic collapse for that to happen. They can they can play a disappointing brand of hockey the next few weeks to month, and I still feel like they've done the job enough to be in it. So that's why I think I lean yes, because I feel like they've done enough work to where... In the race is gonna is gonna hold for a while here, into March, which has not happened in ten years. If they were to lose twenty seven in a row, <laughs> <laughs> twenty seven in a row, they would not be in the race. No, but they, they this kind of gets to the big picture, right? It's why you you would say already a success. I'm I'm put right to it. I have to say yes because even if they finish tenth. I don't think it's well. It's not hang a banner success, but on pass fail, it's a pass. You did make the point yesterday about like places versus point totals. Yep. And if they finish behind, can you call it? This might be a good way to frame it. Is a good way? Is it? Can, can you call it a success if they finish behind Detroit and Ottawa? Ottawa's tougher. Are you allowed to call it a success if Ottawa passes them? Ottawa's two points back, and the Sabers have played one more game. Or excuse me, Ottawa's played one more game. That's tough, but I think the big picture answer still has to be yes. It does. You can still be disappointed and say yes. Again, like this, can, this, this, now, qu- this question makes it pass-fail. And let me give you a football comparison. The Bills, they broke their drought with a nine-win season. They had other nine-win seasons yeah. and that, that were part of the drought. Sometimes... A nine-win season is good enough to make the playoffs. Sometimes 11 wins is not making the playoffs. New England went 11-5 and five one year and missed the playoffs, right? Like, yep. the, the, the target is moving, and you are always trying to measure yourself. Rather than measure yourself against your own past, you want to measure yourself against your peers. So the Sabres, if we are measuring them against what they've been, they are a success. Once we transition from that to measuring against their peers, they have work to do. And I don't think that that's going to change regardless of what they do in the next 27 games. If they make it, they still have work to do. If they miss yeah. by seven points, they still have work to do. Right. But, but on their own standard, and I push back on this from time to time, but that's kind of what this, this poll is about. On their own standard, it is a successful season. And I think the success comes from Darlene turning into the Norris candidate that he is and Cousins extension for him and how his game overall has looked for the most part. Thompson, Thompson again. Thompson taking the next step. Power looking every bit the part of a star. Yeah. Like they've got enough things going well that it's, it just kind of looks like, okay, Samuelson's on this list too. I mean, they extended, extended him for a big long deal. Right. And announced him as a cornerstone piece. It's like all that stuff, yes. And then, Evan, can we get the, the clip again from Tom Dundon, the Carolina Hurricanes owner? I want to I play this again. We played it about an hour ago. So I say yes, and then I get to this mindset right here because, you know, the Sabres are slow playing. Mm -hmm. They're talking about we're not going to be – you can't fast forward. That's a phrase that Kevin Adams has used. You can't fast forward. 
And that's when I'll, I'll start to push back on that soon, if not already. I just think that fast forward is framing it in a way it doesn't have to be framed. So here's a clip. This is the Carolina Hurricanes over Tom Dundon speaking with Frank Saravalli on the Daily Faceoff podcast. They're, doing, they're streaming a show. He's talking to the Hurricanes owner. And the Hurricanes are in a different spot than the Sabres. They are trying to win the Stanley Cup. They are good enough to win the Stanley Cup. They have been an excellent team for th- three, four, five years. They have made big trades, big swings, right? Whether it's Brent Burns or Vinny Trocheck, like they're out there tweaking a top roster routinely. And the Sabres eventually will get there. And I wonder when or how long it takes for Kevin Adams to sound like Tom Dundon, who owns the Hurricanes. And having said that, I think we've got ourselves in a position with our the amount of assets we have for the future and the age of our team and and where we are that we can be we could probably be a little more aggressive giving up something in the future to increase our odds today without changing the window much, whatever that means. Because I don't believe in the window thing. Like the reason we have so much turnover is we expect to be good every year. Kevin Adams could say that today. You want to know something about the Hurricanes, too? I just pulled up their cap-friendly page. They they definitely put those words to action. They have, of their whole roster, are they, they're, the, they're the best team in their division. They're, I think they're arguably the best team in the conference. They're right there with Boston. They have 12 forwards, 7 defensemen, 2 goaltenders on the roster. It's 21 players. Do you want to know how many they drafted of their 21 players? <laughs> Five. Everyone else was either signed or traded for. They've drafted five players. And that they have not been Toronto spending every first-round pick every year. They probably, at one point, I mean, I, I've mentioned recently even, that they were at one point kind of like the Sabres where they scored a ton of goals. They had a great couple of defensemen. They were a great team that had really bad goaltending that would sink them every single year. And they eventually, I mean, they figured out their net, but over the course of that time that it took them to do that, they just, ah, we'll sign Paul Stastny. We'll trade for Tavo Teravainen. We'll, you know, we'll trade for, they offer sheeted Jesperi Kakanyemi. That sounds like an owner that would be willing to offer sheet players, and he's the only one other than maybe did Montreal also do it? Yeah. But did they just did it in retaliation, right? I think did it was the timeline right or was I, the other way? I think it was the other way around. Aho okay. was first and Kakaniemi was right. the okay. retaliation. But still, owner and team that was not afraid to offer sheet a team right back. Like that that is I I hate it because I will always hate the Carolina Hurricanes. I envy the way that they have built their team. To the point now where I think it is debatable well, to say they're as they're the best team in the conference. To point out that only five of their players are drafted is to, you know, kind of stick your thumb in the eye of the idea that it's only about draft and development. Right. There are several ways to do it, yeah. and you can you you don't have to be all the way one way or the other. They don't give you a different cup if you do it without your own draft picks. Right. They don't hang a different color banner. There's no you just however you got to do it, you can do it. And the Sabres will have a lot of draft picks, of course, but I mean talking Krebs, well, talking Krebs are not homegrown. Right. And the other thing too is like their big moves as you look at like who they traded for. Tara Vinen, Jordan Stahl is a long time ago. Um but you know, Brady Shea on their blue line, Brent Burns even the soft season. A lot of their 
trade guys up front, the offer sheet to Cockney Yemi, they're guys that they kind of put into the core. Like, it wasn't, like, Toronto will make a lot of big trades, and it's, like, around their core, right? They, they already had the guys in place. They had Marner, Tavares, Riley, and, um, and Matthews, of course, in place already. A lot of their big moves and their big trades are, we're going to surround those guys with the right talent. And Carolina acquired people to be their core. Like, you, it doesn't always have to be that you have to draft all of those guys. The, the trade the Sabres would make, if they traded for Chikrin or Meyer... To me, that is not a guy even that is surrounding your most important players. He's becoming an integral part of your team. And Carolina is an example of you can you can acquire those guys from outside just the draft. You don't have to draft and develop your core and then decide I'm going to make a trade. But even saying that, the Sabres have kind of done that, right? Well, they drafted I, I, and developed a pretty good-looking core of players. It's it's actually a good model. It's what Colorado did. Colorado, the what? The trade or the draft? The draft and develop, and draft, then yes. and then what you have to ultimately do is supplement with trades. Right. I mean, not to go back in time, but draft high, get great players, keep those guys, make smart moves around them. That's what Colorado did. I mean, McKinnon, Landeskog, yeah, uh, Mika Rantanen. These Cal, are all Cal McCarr. These are all draft picks. Yeah, and then Kadri. Samuel Girard is a trade. Darcy Kemper, like, um, Valerie Nikushkin, yeah, Lekkinen. Like they have a bu- all. Burakovsky's a, a savvy free agent signing for them. You know, yeah. it's not all draft and develop. You'll, you're going to have well, to make uh, decisions along the way. Don't we think eventually the Sabers will get there? Yes, and even th- even if it doesn't happen as fast as some people, as fans might want. I, well, that's that's what I would say is. It's not. I think every time we do this, we say it doesn't have to happen at this deadline. However, I'm. I guess what I'm getting to is. And what I'm consistently saying is the window for that phase of it is officially open. The win- the phase where you sure. say, okay, we have enough, we're good enough. If we want to do this, the window is open for it. And I think the window is open for a chicken move, another move we don't know about, whether that's, you know, doesn't even matter who it is. The window is open for that. The offseason is definitely open for it. They've got what they need. They also have six first and second round picks in the next two drafts. Right. And they're not going to make I. Do not believe they're going to make all those picks. Maybe they trade one of their seconds, two of their seconds. Parting with a first, that that, that, that can be rare, but that might be the price on Chikrin. 803-0550, when we get back, Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. We'll talk to him, a little NFL stuff. And a Bills player that is a favorite for an NFL award. It is not the MVP, but a favorite for an NFL award. Tell you who it is next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
I've learned two things in the past 24 hours that make me kind of believe that the Jets, it's time for them to simply sign Derek Carr. The first of which is a conversation I had with a very important Green Bay Packers source, who quite honestly believes that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers and that all of this is being overhyped. He looks mm. at the contract that Aaron Rodgers signed last year, the commitment that he gave to the team, and believes that at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers. You woke up and asked, what year is it? <laughs> Any of the last four. Yeah, we're doing the Rodgers thing again. Great. Awesome. This is the one's different, though, because Green Bay now, it's it, it seems like it's stemming from them I mean, they not did, wanting to continue the relationship, they, not Rodgers. They drafted a quarterback at one point. You feel like they were, you know, yeah. And he's entering anyway. his fourth year. Like, he'll be a free agent. Yep. Do you want him to hit free agency before you've seen him play? <laughs> I just don't want to talk about him anymore. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe. All right. Question for you before we get to Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. Which bill is a favorite for an NFL award? It is not Josh Allen for the MVP. My guess is Von Miller is the favorite for comeback player of the year. Half a point. He's co-favorite? No, this person is a full favorite. Okay. You, uh, you get half a point. You are half correct. How can I be? Oh, in that it's the right award, but the wrong player, or the right player in the wrong award. That's right. That is correct. It is one of those two scenarios. (laughs) I'm going to say Micah Hyde with comeback Comeback player player of the year. You are half right. It's comeback player of the year, but it's neither of those two. Correct. Is it Josh Allen? No, for comeback player of the year. I'm. You never know. Who wasn't? Wasn't uh. Who was the favorite last year? Wasn't Barkley the favorite after missing like three games or something? Did he um, tear his ACL? That's why he was comeback that year. He did. Um, comeback player of the year, and it's not Von Miller or Micah Hyde. Tredavious White? Nope. Is it? It's people are screaming at you right now. Why? What is happening? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, who missed the season? Who missed the season? He didn't miss the season. He missed part of the season. He missed part of the season. Von Miller missed part of the season. Hyde missed almost the entire season. Screaming at you. Oh, no. This is not good. No, it's terrible. I can't believe he didn't get it yet. I'll give you some context. He is even money for comeback player of the year, which is the no one's ever been that before. So he's the most comeback player of the year ever that there would be. Alex Smith, off of his leg surgery disaster, had longer odds than this guy. Dak Prescott broke his ankle. It was shattered. It was awful. He won it. Uh-huh. It's Damar Hamlin. Oh, man. Of course. Of course. Of course. Wow. Even money on comeback player of the year. Wow, yeah. Of course. Isn't it just that he, all, if he plays, he just has to come back? Yeah, I mean, if, if he comes back, he is comeback player of the year, right? So, so the, isn't that odd? Basically, that they think he's even money to play this year. I think that's what that means. Alex Smith won comeback player of the year, and do you know how many games he played that year? Was it two? It was six. Okay. Well, maybe he was only dressed for six. I don't know if he started all six of those, but yeah, he played a third of the season and he won comeback player of the year. But right, same thing. Like he. He almost lost his leg, and he came back the next year. So, all right, Hamlin. Oh, of course. I was sitting right there. Is Von Miller on that list? You might not have it still in front of you, but, yeah. 
obviously Demar Hamlin would make uh, would make a lot of sense. All right, let's go to the Western Hotline. We have Aaron Schatz. There's Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders, with uh, Jeremy White and I here on WGR. Aaron, it's Jeremy and Joe. Thanks for uh, coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show this morning. So let me get some off-season stuff with you. But we did see the article that you posted yesterday at footballoutsiders.com. Coach aggressiveness and go, when to go for it on fourth downs, punting situations and whatnot. Um We've talked about McDermott a lot with this, so I, I guess just you know Sean McDermott's place in the league as uh, as a decision maker when it comes to fourth down. What did you uh, What did you find? Yeah, he's pretty consistent every year. He's one of the most aggressive coaches, but he's never the most aggressive coach. You know, all these guys, uh, nobody goes for it as often as the analytics suggest that they would. But McDermott is definitely on the more inspired side of the coaches in the NFL when it comes to this issue. You can follow Aaron, by the way, on Twitter, uh, at F-O underscore A shots. So how far off? Like You, you mentioned nobody goes for it as much as analytics would, would suggest or would like. So Nick Sirianni, you have his number one, the most aggressive coach in the league. Like how, When we're trying to compare these guys to when they should go for it, the best of the best are going for it, how close to the amount of times they should be. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, the fact is the models have coaches going for it at times that I think most fans would just be shocked because the the fact is if you go for it in your own side of the field, it's not actually – you're not giving up as much as you think if you don't make it compared to when you go for it on the other side of the field. So, for example, analytics would have suggested that the Eagles go for it. What was it, fourth and three? Mm-hmm. on their own side of the field in the Super Bowl, where they that was the bad Aaron Sipos punt, the one that was returned by Kadarius Tony for, like, a lot of yardage. Um, but, yeah. so, you know, I mean, I would say that, you know, analytics would suggest that head coaches go for it at least twice as often as Sirianni does on things like fourth and three and fourth and four. But the fact is on fourth and one, for example – Sirianni went for it on every fourth and one except one this year. Wow. Wow. Question on on the the punt, you know, the fourth and three. He said 32 out of 32 NFL coaches would have punted there. And I wonder, Aaron, if if you've got the the data, do coaches get more conservative in the higher impact games? I mean, one of the criticisms, criticisms of McDermott has been that they stopped doing that when they get into these games. They had a fourth down against Cincinnati. They decided to punt in their playoff game, and it was right before the end of the first half. So Sirianni, he was aggressive, and he balked at that one. So, like, do they, in fact, get more conservative when you get later in the season or when you get into playoff games? That's an interesting question, and I do not know the answer to it. And I would be very curious to go and study it and find out. Aaron, right. Sh- Aaron Schatz on the Wester Hotline. <laughs> Another thing that I took away from, from your article yesterday at Football Outsiders, Brandon Staley. I mean, I was after him this year. A lot of people were, I think, that loved that he used to go for it all the time. You wrote that he was number one. Um, I guess how far of a drop, how how different did he really become from year one to year two in uh, his head coaching stint with the Chargers? He went, our aggressiveness index for Staley last year was like 2.0, which would mean he went for it about double as often as the average coach. This year, he was average. So he dropped from going twice as often 
to the to just average, which is a big drop. The NFL offseason, we've got Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers in the rumors. Aaron, we've been talking about the Jets a lot. Um, and I know you guys are still a little ways away from your, your, your rankings for the season, DVOA for next season and whatnot. But when looking at those two quarterbacks, Rodgers and Carr, as you look at it today, do, do you see a big difference in what the Jets would be as a contender and a, a threat to the Bills in the AFC East depending on – Depending on which quarterback, I guess they really go after. They could end up with neither one, but do you see a big difference for the Jets depending on whether or not it's Rodgers or it's Carr? I would say that Rodgers is better probably for this year, and Carr is likely to be better for a three- to four-year period. So of the two, to you, what what do you think is a better idea? If you're the Jets, are you going for the three- to four-year period for Carr? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, my feelings about Aaron Rodgers go beyond analytics. I, I, I just feel like uh, his personality just seems problematic to me. And uh, I know that winning uh, clears up all distractions, but what doesn't clear up all distractions is not winning. Yeah. <laughs> you take the risk. You take the risk that if Rodgers does not rebound a little bit from last year's decline, that that you get all kinds of distractions around your team. Plus, here's the thing, and this is important. For Rodgers, you have to give something up. For Carr, you do not. For Carr, it's just money. For Rodgers, you have to give up draft picks. The other thing I would say about the Jets is the Jets shouldn't count their chickens before they hatch when it comes to their defense. Defense is more inconsistent than offense and harder to predict. And just because the Jets had a top five defense last year does not mean they will have a top five defense this year. So Jets fans can't think, oh, if only we added Aaron Rodgers to our top five defense, we would be Super Bowl contenders. Because there's a good chance they don't have a top five defense this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, year to year defense defense is regressing. Back 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 to the Bills. They're second in Super Bowl odds, really almost any book that you'll look at. And I do feel like fans are maybe growing tired of the idea of them as a favorite, especially the way they lost to the Bengals. I think they want to believe that that game wasn't random and that there was a flaw with the team, which there I think definitely could have been. We talked about the offense, you know, looking difficult for half the season, but when when you see that the Bills are second in the odds, it's really only behind the Chiefs. How does that how does that strike you? Does that feel like that's right, or you know should they be behind Cincinnati and Philadelphia going into next year? No, it's absolutely right. Buffalo was number one in our numbers during the regular season. Um, do they want to look at what happened in that game? and try to make sure that that doesn't happen again when they inevitably have to play Cincinnati down the line? Absolutely. But, listen, there have been really good teams in the NFL that are really good for three or four years and never get over the hump. Uh, The recent New Orleans Saints being a good example. There are also teams that don't get over the hump until they do. And the best thing you can do is just run the best team out there every year you can run out there. And like the Indianapolis Colts were fantastic in 2003 and 2004 and 2005, and they couldn't win the championship. And then in 2006, 
they didn't really change anything. They were the same Colts that they'd been the previous two or three years, and they went out there and they won a title. And the best thing you could have in the NFL is a great quarterback and a great offense that's going to be consistently great every year, and Buffalo has that. And they also have a very good head coach and a very good front office. So they're going to be contenders every year. The thing about being contenders is that there are other teams that are also contenders, and only one of you can win the championship. But I think Buffalo's chance is as good as anyone's. Final thing for you, Aaron. When you guys sit down to do the almanac this offseason, is where Lamar Jackson plays the thing that will most drastically affect uh, or swing any team from now until when you actually write it? Yes, because Rivers McCown is writing the Baltimore chapter and having his first child in June. <laughs> so we're really wanting the Lamar Jackson thing to be solved as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see if it takes it to week one. All right, uh, you can follow Aaron on Twitter at FOA Shots on Twitter. Aaron, thanks for joining us, and I'm sure we'll talk again after the draft and free agency as the, uh, the offseason progresses here. Absolutely. Again, to Buffalo fans, be optimistic. <laughs> you weren't right there with the top teams. That's not going to change. Thanks, Aaron. Could Lamar sit out the whole year? Uh, the whole year. Could he sit the season? I, I think, sure. Sure he could. Did you see Jeff Darlington's r- r- article on him yesterday? That so a couple weeks ago it came out that the Ravens had offered him something like a hundred and thirteen million dollars guaranteed, and that they were at least one hundred million dollars away on guarantees. Darlington wrote yesterday, no, not Darlington, Jeremy Fowler. Jeremy Fowler wrote yesterday that all of Lamar Jackson's counter offers to this point to the Baltimore Ravens have been contracts that are one hundred percent fully guaranteed and come in at a higher number than what Deshaun Watson got from the Browns. I don't think he's signing. So then what happens? They franchise tag him. Okay, if he gets franchise tagged, I might okay, maybe this is I might want to guess he doesn't. He he does not play on the franchise tag and he could sit for the year. I just don't I just my biggest thing with that is is Baltimore really going to let it drag out that far if they have every indication they need that he's not going to play for us unless we give him a contract that is way higher than we have offered. Right, the idea of not playing on the franchise tag means he would be giving up 35 million dollars, so what the tag is 32. Yep. And it would mean the Baltimore he is up, refusing to trade and playing hardball. Right. So he gives up thirty-two million. You could say, like, how could you give up thirty-two million? His alternative is to do that and risk giving up a hundred million. Because if he wants right. two fifty and they're offering one fifty guaranteed, by signing that he's giving up a hundred million dollars. And the only signal we might have as to what he would do in that situation is the end of the season, isn't it? I mean, we don't know how bad his knee really was, but it was said to be, what, a four- to six-week timeline, and he never returned. He never came back. So I might want to guess that he would carry through on that, that he would not risk $35 million? He would let $35 million go because he knows what's the Watson contract. The Watson contract total was $230 million. If he thinks in his head, I'm getting $250 million guaranteed, he, he's not going to blink at thirty. Yeah, that's probably right. 
Breaking news from ProFootballTalk.com. Actually, it's from Scott Berman, who owns Sky Cave Retreats. He uh-huh. tells ESPN Aaron Rodgers has left the facility. Oh, the, wow. Folks, the, the, <laughs> the darkness retreat is over. The Now the, <laughs> we're tracking him. Punxsutawney Aaron is ready to tell us where he's going to go now. Okay. He's left the Do you think we'll get news? He'll just say, you know what, I decided I want to stay with the Packers. He'll just come out and say I, that today, I, tomorrow. I think he could just fly to Montana and never be heard from again. Maybe. It's, it's possible. He's out of the darkness retreat. All right. We'll get a break in. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe here on WGR. Yeah, maybe doing a bit of everything. And, you know, Blues GM Doug Armstrong told uh, reporters over the weekend that he wants this to be a pretty quick retool. He's looking for players who are 25, 26 years old as he reloads over the next year. Well, guess what? Timo Meyer, 26 years old. And, yes, we're told the Blues have inquired with San Jose on Timo Meyer. Remember, the Blues now have three first-round picks, and my understanding is the Blues will be ready to part with two first-round picks in a package for Meyer. Pierre Lebrun suggesting the Blues could be after Timo Meyer. That's weird. They're 12 points out of a playoff spot. They did just dump O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Yep. But that would be for a quick turn and rebuild. They do have three first-round picks, so if they want if they want them, they can outbid most mm. teams. It would almost be like they'd be trading, what does Meyer cost, two first-round picks? Be like trading I, O'Reilly I, and an expiring deal and Tarasenko and an expiring deal for Timo Meyer. On an expiring deal. Yeah, but he's an RFA at least. That's true. Uh, Brian Mazarowski tweeted out a funny story earlier today. New Mexico could be the first state with an official aroma. Like yes. you got a state motto and a state flag and a state bird. Yep. They have a state smell. Yeah. Did you see what the smell is? Roasted chilies. Yes. Roasted chilies. Is it chiles or chilies that I'm saying it the right way there? How do, Probably chiles. Sure. So, a, a dish. And he asked the question... Wafting what, from roadside stands and parking lots, what is Buffalo's scent? What is Buffalo's scent? All right, let's, what, let's go with second place, because first place is Cheerios, right? Has to be Cheerios. So, second place. What are the other contenders? It's Cheerios, and then it's... What is after... There are definitely sarcastic uh, answers you could have to this question. Hot sauce. Buffalo sauce. Does that like have a smell to yes. it, though? Yes. On Only when... It, well, I guess when it's cooked, it does, right? Are you trying to tell me you can't smell the sauce on hot wings? No, you can. Okay. Like, if I bring out yeah. plates yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. wings and put it underneath... You smell the hot sauce. So, the, the smell of wings, then, basically. Not even wings. Just the hot sauce. You okay. can smell Frank's. I can smell it. I don't... Do you just... Smell a bottle of Frank's. Yeah, yeah I guess definitely. I can't picture it in my mind though. So that would be it. Or we just go. That 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 almost seems too easy though. We're just going back to the well on on wings. I mean, it, it's called buffalo sauce. Yeah. I don't know what else it would be though. So maybe that has to be the other answer. What else would it be? Cheerios. The rink. The smell of the rink. Uh, smell a hockey locker room. A hockey glove. Yeah. <laughs> a hockey glove is the official aroma of Buffalo. Sure. Yeah. Cheerios, though. That's got to be it. It has to be Cheerios. It smelled like frosted Cheerios the other day in downtown. Do, can, I, think, I, I think I can tell the different cereals. Can you tell the difference between the Cheerios and the Lucky Charms? Mm, maybe don't not. They, don't they make Lucky Charms too? I think I so. I feel like sometimes I'm smelling the Lucky Charms. Maybe that's when I think I'm smelling frosted, frosted Cheerios. Cheerios. It's just you're smelling that sugar in the air. 
So I, I usually think I can tell the difference between the cereals, but I'm not sure if I could pick out like a frosted Cheerio from a from a Lucky Charm smell. Hard All hit. great candle ideas, by the way. Yeah, yeah. These are the hard hitting questions we've got for you. All right. When we get back next hour, we're going to play Let's Get Stupid again, which is where we can talk about things that we might think are bad ideas, but we're really going to talk about them as if they might happen. And this time it's going to be Derrick Henry to the Bills because Jeff Darlington said it's the move he'd like to see. Not enough to draft a running back in the first round. Go out and get Derrick Henry. So let's get stupid. Let's talk about what that might look like. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.